This is two broke music girls coming to you from the tri-state area. Grab some snack, pour yourself some wine, or crack open a cold one. Tune in to have a good time. I'm Brandy J, and this is Casey Lynn. This intro was made by C. Jarrell. We'll put his trick handle and Instagram page. He is a beat maker. You can follow us at Two Broke Music Girls. Hi. Welcome back to another episode. Whoop, whoop. This is episode <laughs> three. Uh, we're super excited that you came here to join us. This is a very special episode because we have a fun little treat uh, in the middle of it. Right, Brandy? Yes, we do. So obviously, if you did tune in last episode, then you already do know that we had a interview slash we had an interview slash guest host with us. His name is Rap Poet, and he was on the show. So we're super excited. I'm going to just say that again because I heard you tapping something. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Pause. <laughs> yes. So obviously, if you did watch last episode, then you do know that we had a super exciting interview with Rap Poet. We interviewed him last week and he is will be featured on this episode so that will be our treat you'll be able to learn from him learn about his process new music new singles and things that are just kind of coming out and we're super excited to hear that yeah so it's gonna be a little bit of a long episode so i would say let's just jump into it right yep all right starting off strong with the hot news so last week was the People's Choice Awards on the 18th. Um, and as we know, that's TVs, movies, music. But we're just going to focus on the music aspect, obviously. So we're going to start it off. The male artist of the year and the female artist of the year went to Jungkook and Taylor Swift. Of Not too surprising, though. I don't really know who Jungkook is. Do you, Brandy? Not. He sounds familiar. Um, he's I know he's that from BTS, I believe. But other than that, I don't really know who that is. Oh, okay. Yes. So, okay. So, I do. I just didn't know his name was pronounced that way. Um, so I, I might be mispronouncing it. That's just how I'm looking at it and thinking okay. it's said. I, I do know who that is. He's the one who made... Um, He's actually pretty popular. He uses a lot of influence from like Michael Jackson. Um, in yeah. yeah, he does. He has a song with Lotto called Severn, which is pretty good. Um, but, oh, that's who that is. Yeah, that's who he is. Um, he's also very fluent in English. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, good for him. I mean, he was up against Bad Bunny, Luke Combs, Drake, Jack Harlow, people like that. I'm kind of surprised. A- a little bit that he was up against people like Bad Bunny, Luke Combs, Jack Harlow. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive, especially, I don't know, I feel like Bad Bunny's been having such a good, like, year lately Oh yeah. that I'm surprised, but, like, good for him. And then, like, it's Taylor Swift, like, how who is she, who is gonna beat her? Uh, well, Beyonce, but other than that, yeah, that's actually is surprising because Bad Bunny's had like such a good summer, especially with the song Monaco. I think mm-hmm. like everyone was playing that song. Um, but I guess he can just I guess work a little bit harder. 
Uh, yeah. I guess, but that is actually really tough. Even with Drake too, I'm actually yeah. And the weekend also is on this list. The people he's up against. Yes, he was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. So he was up against some real hard hitters and he beat him out, which is pretty cool. Um, we also have the group slash duo of the year went to Stray Kids, who I don't know who they are either, but I believe they're another one of those um K pop bands. Uh, I'm not positive though. I don't really know who they are. Um, yes, they are. Oh, it's a K pop boy band. Okay. So kind of like a, a BTS or a or a Blue Jeans, I believe, is a K-pop group that's been coming up lately. Yes. Um, what was that? Yes, they are. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of, it's interesting because I think K-pop groups kind of came around like 2018, 2019, I want to say, maybe 2020. And I know a lot of people thought the K-pop bands are going to be a little bit of a fad but they're they're like sticking around they're really yeah no they're they're tough comp- competition it's like it's basically like um the Afrobeat musicians now like they're super tough competition like they're not they're not going anywhere anytime soon which is good for them honestly um and then Olivia Rodrigo took home both the song of the year for Vampire and album of the year for Guts, which is nice. Like we said, like, what was that, our first episode? We were kind of surprised she didn't take home any Grammys, but she's the people's, she's the people's choice, clearly. So that's good for her. And then next up, we have male country artist and female country artist of the year went to Jelly Roll and Lainey Wilson. Good for Jelly Roll, honestly. He's really, he's really showing that you don't have to be this like young person starting out to really start. But that's really good for Jelly Roll. You know, he's like he's thirty nine. It's it's nice to know that he's showing that you don't have to be this like this like young person to really kind of be getting these new accolades and stuff. Like I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I I agree. It's actually kind of nice that we're giving a lot of like spotlight to a lot of older artists. Like I know Victoria Monet, she's been in the music industry since two thousand and nine, and she just now got her Grammy at the age of thirty four. And then you have Killer Mike, who's like an older rapper. So it's just nice to see like older musicians becoming more established, and instead of like pushing them out just to focus on the young people. They're kind of like uplifting all of them and realizing that talent is almost universal, which is nice. Yeah, it is. Next up, the male Latin artist of the year went to Bad Bunny, which again, not surprising. Like we said, he's been having quite the year. And then Shakira got female Latin artist of the year, which I like that. I like Shakira. So happy for her. I know, that's actually like a comeback award, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, well, she put out that um, that song. I can't think of the name of it right now, but it was essentially a diss on her ex, who I believe cheated on her. And ever since then, she's sort of just been, like, coming back, which is nice. I've missed her. Next up, new artist of the year went to Ice Spice, which is nice. Collaboration of the year also to Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj for Barbie World. 
Nicki Minaj also got uh, Hip Hop Artist of the Year. Taylor Swift got the Pop Artist of the Year, while Beyonce got the R&B Artist of the Year. And then Taylor Swift also got the Concert Tour of the Year for the Eras Tour, which, once again, not a surprise. Nope, that is not a surprise. The Air- I feel like the only competition she had was Renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but besides, that was the People's Choice Awards. Besides that, slightly, maybe off topic, but she is also a singer, so not really. But Bridget Mendler uh, recently revealed that not... So she... I remember this. I remember this, right? In... Like, November of 22, I believe, she posted that she had big news coming soon. Everyone thought either she has a project coming, she has new music coming, maybe it's something with her schooling because she's been doing all this studying and stuff. And so she came out last week on Twitter and announced that she is now the CEO of her own company that I believe she started up with her husband. Um, which I didn't know she was married, so, like, good for her. She started it up, and she also revealed that she's now a mother to a, like, four-year-old son that she started fostering, I think, in 2021, and then adopted about Christmas time of 22, which a lot of people think that might have been the news that she was, like, telling us to stay tuned for when she was finalizing up the adoptions. But that's really... She's very impressive. She's a very impressive person. Like, to go from a Disney Channel actress and, like, a Disney singer to becoming the CEO of a space startup, she she has, like, bachelor's. She's getting her PhD. She's getting her law degree. Like, she is impressive. No, she is. And it's, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of cool that she used that Disney money to not become a musician mm-hmm. like but to just kind of do other things that she was passionate about or that she was interested in and I kind of really like that for her because I feel like a lot of stars don't really do that like I know the Sprouts twins they did that like right after Disney they kind of went off to NYU and did like other things mm-hmm. I, mean, I know one of them kind of still acts and stuff but it's just it's just kind of nice to see Disney star kind of break that mold and just kind of be like, well, this was this is what I had and I'm okay with this and I just kind of want to move on to other things. Exactly. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, I hope she's going to come and be in the uh, Wizards of Waverly Place Street, but she's not doing that. She's a mother <laughs> now. She's a mother now to a son. She has a space startup that she she's getting the rest of her degrees she doesn't need the wizards of Waverly place reboot she really doesn't no she doesn't and i think and i think that's a lot of things and i think this also speaks volumes a lot to like how there's no safety net really and like the entertainment industry because like for her to just be like i'm gonna use this money to do other things i think it's actually pretty cool and i wish more people followed but they're not gonna do that No, they're not. In less happy, exciting news, Oxygen and Peacock put out a little docu-series about uh, Yolanda Salovar, is I believe how you say her name? 
mm-hmm. who is, as I'm sure most of us know, the woman who killed Selena. I didn't watch it. I don't plan on watching it. But to my understanding, it was supposed to sort of be, I guess, maybe her explaining herself or something along those lines. And it just, to me, from what I read, it was a lot of, oh, I I was under a lot of pressure and kind of recycling some of that um, something was going on between Selena and her own father kind of kind of nonsense that again I didn't watch it I don't really want to watch it because I don't really feel the need to listen to this woman try to justify why the only choice she had was to kill somebody because she got caught but that's just a little bit I've read about it It, that seems to be what's going on here and it's just it's sad at this point it's just like keep keep her in jail (laughs) keep her in prison yeah, I just, um, I'm not interested in this. I just wish that we could move past this point in time where we kind of be like, oh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta give these people a platform and, and do this and that. Cause, like, no, <laughs> it didn't it literally be like if the person who murdered John Lennon had a documentary and like explained why he killed John Lennon. Or, like, why Charles Manson did what he did. It's, it's just strange. It's weird. Can yeah. we get <laughs> Or if the people who shot um, Bob Marley was like, here's why we had him shot. Like, we don't need to know. You did it. We don't need to feel sympathy for you or really need an explanation. We, we understand why. It's because this is who you are as a person. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking, though, of the Beatles, Director Sam Mendez revealed that here's where um so I'm not positive how what he means if he means in the year 2027 or by the year 2027, but it in the year 2027 at some point we will have four Beatles movies by him, each told in a different point of view of each of the Beatles. Which I think is actually, and it's going to be, like, interwoven and connected. Like, it's not going to be, like, separate. Like, it's separate movies, but it's going to be all connected to each other. Um, the Beatles cinematic universe, if you will. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I will be seated for the Beatles Ringo's version, personally. Um, but that's exciting. And then in other biopic news, the Amy Winehouse Back to Black is set to release... April 12th in the UK and May 12th in the US. I saw the trailer for it the first time earlier this week. And if I'm being totally honest, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. It doesn't look too appealing to me. I feel like it's just kind of going to be sad. I know. Well, it's because her life is pretty, it's like a, um, I hate, it's like a Marilyn Monroe thing. Yeah. With her, because the thing with Amy Winehouse is she, she passed away pretty young. She passed away at the age of 27. Yes. And, like, I just kind of feel... Like, she had so much talent, but I feel like it just... She didn't have all the protection she needed, I feel like, so she just ended up in this weird situation. So I feel like in general it's gonna be a really sad movie. Um yeah. 
But I'll still watch it because I really like her songs. And like, so I'll I'll watch it, but it's definitely going to be sad. I might watch it too. I mean, it's also sort of like the um, Von Erickson movie that just came out with Zac Efron, Ironclaw. Yes. Like, that's a very sad story. And it was a very sad movie, but it was still interesting. I don't know. I might watch it too. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. I might wait till it's like streaming somewhere, but I might see it too. Mm. Moving on. So I just learned this today, but the charges against Aerosmith frontman Steven Tyler brought up by a woman who said he essentially assaulted her back in the 70s uh, was actually dropped today. The judge dropped the case um, basically because of a statute of limitations thing, which I'm sort of surprised that it even got as far as it did because apparently the statute's like nine years and this happened in 1975. Um, So that happened. I don't know how I feel about this Mm. Um, because if you don't know, I am a huge Aerosmith fan and I actually, so when they announced their farewell tour, I had gotten tickets to see them New Year's Eve 2023 in Boston. And I also saw them when they were in uh, Long Island in September. And actually like the next day, all of a sudden the tour was postponed because Steven Tyler hurt his throat while he was performing and he couldn't go on. And I remember sitting there and I was like, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything particularly like vocally hard, I felt like, unless except for Dream On, but they were saying it happened even before Dream On. And I was like, it didn't sound like he was like struggling or suffering or anything. And then I want to say maybe two, three weeks later, the story about him and this woman came out and I went, ah, here's what it's, because this was the second woman who said something happened between them when they were, this was the second woman who said something happened between them when they were teenagers. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know. Because if the story is true, I'm not going to tell the whole story because it's a horrible story if it is the truth. And I don't feel like our podcast is a space for that. But if it's true, what happens and for it to be dropped, I I don't know how I feel. But unhappier news. So uh, in tour in Australia I guess there was like a rainstorm that was happening and because of the rainstorm Sabrina Carpenter who's been opening up a lot for Taylor Swift on the international dates wasn't able to perform like wasn't able to do her opening act like safety stuff and whatever and so Taylor Swift I guess for her like surprise song she did brought out Sabrina to sing them with her which she did to my understanding, I think in New York or something, when it rained with uh, Gracie Abrams, she did the same thing. So we got Sabrina Carpenter and Taylor Swift singing White Horse and Coney Island together in Australia, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, That was pretty exciting. And also, Katy Perry was at that show, and she, apparently there's video of her singing along to to Bad Blood, which we all know Bad Blood is about Taylor and Katie's falling out at the time that uh, when 1989 came out. And I know that they like kind of reconciled 
around the time Lover came out because I remember that you need to calm down music video. Yeah. Where they were like embraced at the end and all that. So I knew like they were good again, but kind of cool that she was there and like she was able to, she was like supporting her and singing along. And they took that picture afterwards. And I feel like, you know, this shows that a lot of times these little feuds and beefs, they really do end, which is kind of nice. And I think more people should probably follow. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, Nicki Minaj and, and Megan Thee Stallion, but some of the, like, sillier feuds that people have, like, the sillier arguments. It's just that, like, yeah, this is going to end eventually. You're going to make up eventually. You don't, just because you had an issue once doesn't mean that's it for the rest of your lives. So it's nice to know. I think it's nice. It is. And I think it's good, too, because it's, like, it was kind of nice for her to be there because then, like, Katy Perry can kind of, I don't know, reintroduce herself and stuff. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, especially if she's getting ready to release music again soon. There's more hot news coming through. So as you guys know, the Bob Marley movie is now out and it's in theaters playing near you. So please go and watch it. On its opening weekend, it made $19.9 million. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's actually really kind of cool to kind of see it, especially as a fellow Jamaican, to kind of just see Bob Marley. Because Bob Marley was always played at a lot of my childhood cookouts. So it's just kind of nice. I went and watched a movie. I enjoyed it. I didn't realize how many songs I actually knew. Right? I saw it too, and I didn't realize either how many Bob Marley songs I knew. Yeah, when Simmer Down came on, I was I was dancing to Simmer Down. <laughs> and I didn't even know that was one of his first songs. So that was super surprising and really interesting. It was a really good movie. I mean, obviously, there are some feedback about it, especially from the older Jamaican community. I brought my parents there, and they were like, it's too short, and this and that. But it's a nice, feel-good movie. Some other Bob Marley news. Young Marley, who is the grandson of Bob Marley and is the son of Lauren Hill and Warren Marley, Rohan Marley, is also a musician. (laughs) So I guess music is really in tune in their DNA. So Young Marley is actually trending up in the charts. He ended up in the Billboard 100 in Brazil, which is pretty interesting and kind of cool. He released a new song called Praise Jail in the Moonlight. So that is available on Apple Music and Spotify. You can listen to that. I listened to it. It's actually really good. And it's kind of nice because... um. He played a clip of Bob Marley singing, mm-hmm. and then it's like him kind of rapping slash singing. So there's I was slight... about to ask. Yes, yeah, so I heard a clip a slight... of it, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." There's a slight difference, but it's kind of nice because it's like you could feel that it's like a whole, like a homage kind of thing to like his grandfather. So I thought that was pretty nice to kind of listen to. Um, on some other good musical news, Drake's album, Take Care, which I consider is actually one of his better albums, is now eligible to become a diamond. So that's pretty exciting and pretty cool to hear about. If you don't know, Take Care is also the album that has Marvin's Room on it, which is one of his hit singles when he first came out. Obviously, it's kind of been a while, so it's kind of nice to see that album kind of, like, almost age to be a diamond. So that's pretty cool. And I am super excited about this, and we need to stop playing games. 
stop releasing clips. He needs to stop talking about this in interviews. He needs to just give us the damn album because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm so exhausted. J. Cole teased his new album in a release clip of him rapping, and it sounded amazing, and we know it's going to be good. He also told Paparazzi to give him a couple of weeks before he releases the album. And there's also reports that he was in the studio with Metro Booming. So it's, it's going to be pretty good, especially if you watch the clip. We have shared it on our story, and it is attached to our highlights on our new music highlights, so you can watch it there. I'm excited. This is going to be so cool. We haven't had an album in a while, and I'm just tired of him doing it. It's, you talking about it has been sounding like me anytime I've been waiting for Conan Gray to just announce Found Heaven before he actually announced it. And I was like, stop using it. Yes, stop because hinting at it. Just release it. It's like you've been saying it. For so, like, he's been saying it since he did um, First Shooter with Drake. And he's like, oh, the fall off is, is coming out. And I'm just like, where's the album, Jermaine? <laughs> Where like, is it? I just can't. In other news, Tyler, the creator, and Pharrell Williams are going to collaborate with Louis Vuitton. So that's going to be pretty cool. Oh. Um, I did see a couple of images. It's actually kind of dope because Tyler, the creator, is actually already a fashion designer. Oh? Yeah, so he has his own clothing line called Golf Wang, which is pretty high-end. So it's, oh. it's actually really cool that he's working with Louis Vuitton now to kind of make handbags and stuff like that. And I saw a couple images of them. I did share them on the story. So they're kind of there for you to look at. And they're super creative and interesting. I, I think they're kind of cool. And other fashion news, Kanye West released <laughs> Gap, which sells items for only $20 or less on Yeezys.com. He said that he did that to make his brand more accessible to the common man. So that's pretty interesting um, for him to do. It, it is. It is. It is for Kanye. Considering it is. Considering it is. But in other cool clothing line news, Megan Thee Stallion's collaboration with Nike is now out. So as we know, Megan Thee Stallion did collaborate with Planet Fitness. So you can get a membership rate. And now she has this new clothing line with Nike that you can go out and purchase. I kind of like this for her that she's doing a lot of these different like collaborations. And in other cool news that Megan Thee Stallion is also doing right now, she will be at the Crunchyroll Anime Awards March 2nd. So this is actually really cool because I know she is a huge anime fan. This past Halloween, she dressed up as Death to Kid from Soul Eater. So it's actually really cool that they invited her out. It is, actually. Yeah, it is. And I really like her. She's down to earth. She's cool. And in slightly controversial or interesting fashion news, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West Kim Kardashian and Kanye West brought Michael Jackson's iconic black jacket for Northwest to wear. So, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I think there's a big issue with people treating musicians like they're not. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I feel like this should go back 
I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of Michael Jackson fans are like, this should be in the museum. Other Michael Jackson fans are kind of like, this should go back to his family. And I think it should go back to his family. And I don't think that this should have even been on the market in the first place. And it's it's kind of uncomfortable that it was. Yeah, and then for it to go to someone like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Yeah, like, and that's another thing that bothers me because it's like, did you even talk to the Jackson family to figure out if this is what they wanted? <laughs> I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not. Yeah, it just it it just seems like a big issue, and like for some reason, Michael has always had that problem because this segues into another bit is that due to the fact that the Michael Jackson biopic is coming out and they're working on it, Sony Records is actually removing Michael Jackson's music off of YouTube. So that's another. It's just it just kind of feels like Michael never really gets any peace. <laughs> No, it really doesn't. It really he just he's he's just always attacked. He was attacked in life, and like he's attacked in death. So I don't I don't know. It's sad, honestly, when you put it like that. It really is. It it really is. It it is. It really is sad. So that is all we have for the hot news for two broke music girls. So now it's super exciting time. Now we're gonna show you our interview with rap poet. Uh, this is going to be so good, guys. You're going to love this. We're super excited to have you. Honestly, you're the first person for this podcast. Obviously, you know, like, this podcast is very new. Um, we just started first. it, like, a week ago. Um, and we just hit the ground running. So it's actually very nice to kind of have someone such as yourself so well-established be the person that is the first person we're going to interview. So the purpose of Two Broke Music Girls is that we are music lovers. Mm -hmm. Um, That's our first thing. We're both very passionate about music. But then we also enjoy um, the historic pieces of music. And then we also like to hear from indie artists. So that's one of our other passions. So that's why we kind of started the local artist segment and the features and the interviews. But what I wanted to do is just kind of hear a little introduction about yourself, and um and then right after that we'll kind of get right into the interview okay um well i'm i'm glad to be honored to be the first interviewee on the podcast um i'm the first hip-hop troubadour of an american city i've been the first person to bring hip-hop in a lot of schools where i did programs um sometimes i'm the first person with like hair like this, you know, uh, in some of these schools and classrooms, sometimes I'm the first person to talk about rap and hip hop in a positive way inside schools. And I've been doing this in schools, libraries, museums, parks for like a decade now. And, um, you know, I can't, when I was a kid, my mom came home one day and she was like singing this, um, this hip hop song. And, you know, I was like, what you know about, like, this song? You know, because kids, we, we like, owning things, right? Like, they, like yeah. our parents, they cursed before us and do everything for us. She was like, I know all the songs as soon as they come out, because my kids know them by heart. I just wish they knew their homework that well and remember <laughs> the lessons. And, like, it planted, like, a light bulb went off in my mind 
that always stuck with me. So like once I started battling in my neighborhood and going to other neighborhoods and winning talent shows and showcases and stuff like that, I was always like, damn, I don't want to just use this to like get attention and win. I want the win to be like, I'm helping people learn something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm battling with teachers in school. Like I'm battling to see if I could make you remember something or learn something. So that's a big shout out to like all the moms and the educators and the parents out there. Like sometimes you share something with your kids at an early age and it, it plants, it plants something that basically became my life. Like I went to um one of the top school. Well, they say it's the top school in New York city for high school. And, um, like you got to take tests to get in and everything like that. And I asked my my um my science teacher, yo, could I do like a song instead of the final project? And she was like, what? And <laughs> like it'll have all this the information like a paper, but I'm recording it. And she was like, well, it's gonna be graded the same way this night. I was like, no doubt. So I did. I I recorded a rap about the ozone layer. You know what I mean? And I had all the details. And, and passed the class and got my Regents diploma. And then same thing happened in college. I went through and like every class I had, I, there was no like music production major at the time or like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I got a computer science degree, but I gave myself an unofficial minor in hip hop. Like I had a <laughs> jazz class. I made it like jazz origins of hip hop. I had a politics class. I had hip hop as a political platform. I had an education class. I had hip hop is a pedagogical tool, you know what I'm saying? So I I don't know how well I would have done in school without hip hop, like amuse something that made it like me own it instead of like it being the teacher subject. It was like yeah. my thing. And so that's what, that, now when I say I'm in libraries and schools and everything doing this, I'm just giving back to youth what worked for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I did get a, a, like, just for the people listening, like you said, to introduce, I did get offered a deal with Def Jam, like a big production deal, not in advance, like a real a real deal with money I keep and get to produce. Um, but I turned that down to go to college. Um, and like I said, I, I, I stuck through, I went to college. Um, I did take like a year off from college and like hang out with like some of my mentors, like Talib Kweli, Jessica Caremore and stuff and got to see them backstage and like how they perform and make a living and sell merch. But um, one thing that would always happen when I was backstage with some of my mentors, like you hear the small talk, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing I'd always hear them saying like, yo, man, I want to go back and like get my degree one day. And I was like, damn, I could do that right now. Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn, these people that I look up to, they're saying like they wish, right? So like I can get this done now. So I went back to college finished my degree. And then like the day I graduated, I got invited to a battle, went to the battle, got to the last round, won the battle. That led to another thing. And I was like right back running. So I would say sometimes like if you really are passionate about something, sometimes people will say like, if you're really passionate about something, just like give everything else up. But I would say if you're really passionate about something and you have an opportunity like school, or like a relationship that's important to you, something that's like really meaningful in your life, you can stop that thing. Like if you can remember how to ride a bike, you can remember how to do the thing that you love and you're passionate about. Because things like, like your relationship, like marriage, like high school degrees, college degrees, 
these are things that statistically change the course of your whole life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So don't feel like you're lost. Cause I remember, I remember feeling that like, Oh, if I stop rapping now or stop competing now, I'm lost. You know what I mean? And yeah, I turned down the, the Def Jam deal, but then later on, I'm in Jay-Z's studio, you know what I mean? And I'm recording the album oh, with wow, Jayco's yeah. engineer, you know what I mean? And like, I'm literally on Dreamville's YouTube page, you know, page on one of their early on videos, just chilling in the studio. You know what I'm saying? So like, the, things work out. Um, I feel, I feel very strongly that if you prioritize what's important, mm -hmm. if you're just making excuses about things, then maybe things don't work out, right? But if you know you have a talent, if you know you're making decisions and choosing great over good, then good will still be there. You know what I mean? To yeah, make no, it's true. It, it is. It's true. It's true. It's true. That's okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You actually brought up a lot of good points too. Hmm. I grew up with like loving rap. Like I, I, I'm not a rapper, but I just appreciate the poetry and mm. the lyrics behind it and like the message and like even the process behind it. So you brought up a really good point because I even remember in undergrad, the assignment was discussing like the impact of music and like rap has such this negative connotation that the professor was trying to basically promote and say. And it's funny because for that assignment, I debated her using like, different rap artists and i remember i i used actually forest hill drive to explain the impact of rap i used forest hill drive i used an album from tupac i used like Iron squad yeah i was debating her because the way she was discussing she was like oh it's violent music it's music that has such a negative connotation nothing good could ever come from it and here mm -hmm. I was showing her all of these lyrics and like these words that people didn't want to hear it. Yeah, and you, she didn't want to hear it. her curriculum. She didn't want to hear it because it, it it put I basically put the foot in her mouth. Right. Her whole her whole objective of the class backfired. It did. It did. And it, it took up so much time too. And people were like, oh my God, you debated the teacher like that. And I was like, because you're trying to say that the music is bad but that's not that's not the whole genre like like there's messages in Yo, the music i have to tell my homie mez this story like it's so crazy that you would say for ourselves drive in particular because without getting into the details like that song like firing squad where he's yeah. talking about like he's dropping my knowledge that song almost didn't come out and the reason why is exactly because of that. Like from a marketing perspective, there are a lot of messages that like this isn't marketable or like people can't get this. It's too deep for people, which is basically yeah. condescending towards us, right? People who Yeah, like the viewers, yeah. But he was right. Of and course he... we get it. Like we, we need this. Like hip hop, like you said, it's an educational tool for some of us. It represents us. And they went back and forth about this, but the outcome of that obviously was that he ended up putting the track out. But when I think about that, I think of all the artists who don't have as much respect as J. Cole to win those battles and put it out. And, and artists who don't have that much, I don't know, confidence in themselves, right? Because sometimes there are artists who are a lot more intelligent and educated and culturally aware than mm -hmm. they seem. 
and they have these debates, but they lose, right? Like they'll try to fight a little, but they're like, okay, at the end of the day, do you want to get dropped from the label? Do you want to risk this? And they don't. So props to Cole that he had like the right people around him, like my brother Mez, I think is definitely a good influence. He had the confidence and he had the work ethic to say, I'm doing, I'm showing that I'm a legitimate artist. So if you can listen to this song that make you turn up and everything, then you can listen to me dropping knowledge too. But like the fact that you used that <laughs> in the debate with a professor who was trying to defame the name of hip hop culture, like that's the crowning cherry on top of the cake. Yeah, listen, she was so shook that I was, I dropped all of this on her. Like yes. she was so shook. She's like, I didn't even know you listened to this genre. I was like, I do. Like I do. That, like, there's, there's a subtext to that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Really you're was. such I a good. You're such a studies. good student. Such a such a erudite young lady. <laughs> I wouldn't think you listened to this. You know? Yeah. That's that's literally what she was talking about, and I I knew that's what she was talking about, and that's why I did it. Because it just it it was just I didn't fit the stereotype, so that's why she felt comfortable enough. Now, to am I rushing to give her props that after the debate she? conceded and admitted oh I didn't know this or did she like make you feel penalized like you could only say too much or you were gonna fail because you were saying something <laughs> different because no, I've been she, in that situation she, too she had a good wake, wake up call she did because then good, other good, kids good. in the classroom were sharing other songs good, and good, I was good. like you see I was like there's different there's different yeah. things like there's different genres I so yeah, so that's, she that's props to you and and props to her for being open minded enough to learn, right? Yeah. So that just also leads me to ask the question: Yeah, what is your process for making music? Um, I, I, I just wrote this verse right, and I was like, um, rap is poetry, soaked in the sweetest, juiciest fruit of the poet's She flow from loose leaves over beats. It's so sweet the flavor. Can't be sold in pieces of paper like other poems be. This strips over leaves. So savor the moment, please. Poetry is art. Art is life flow with me. This don't just mean be alive. We condone you breathe. Because when that flow stayed up, your mind state glow straight up. More price less than a pay cut. Your third eye waking up instead of chasing paper. What you do, because it became a dream coming true. Escape the paper chasing view. How that eye on the dollar now is following you. Mm. that's what came to mind um when you said that because like i say in that rap is poetry poetry is art art is life mm. and i said we don't just mean be alive we condone you breathe like it's a difference between being alive like your body your heart's beating in this air mm -hmm. or like living you know and i've had yeah. times in my life where i stopped writing or i stopped writing for me like I was just writing for contracts or collabs or whatever I didn't cry like I didn't I didn't feel mm. water come from my eyes when I was sad like when you really crying and letting it go I didn't I didn't laugh so hard like you fall off a chair you burp you hiccup <laughs> you forget why you laughing and it makes you laugh even more like I hadn't had that in a minute and like I had a job at a cubicle. I was respectable. Like I graduated college. Like I was an upstanding young black man in the community, but it was like, I didn't feel like I was living. 
any, mm. you know, I felt like I just had a body and I was being respectable. And what I did in terms of process was I just wrote a word on a page, like on my lunch break or whatever. I just said, I'm just going to write something for me for no ulterior motive. And that's mm. how we connect to like what the Aborigines call the dream state, but like what we call the flow state or where mm. everybody knows when you were a kid and your mom's like, it's time for dinner. And you're like, I'm coming. And then like five to 10 minutes goes and you're not trying to be rude to your mom, but you just lost track of time and space. So I just, I just created my little zone and I, I wrote like love, tree, lunch, ceiling, you know? And then the next day I said, I'm going to write two lines. And then I just started doing this again. And before you know it, I was just writing again. And I was just loving writing. And then some people asked me to like, you know, someone, I remember one of one of the people where I was working, one of the clients said he was in a wheelchair and he was like heavy in the, heavy in the um, illegal substances selling game and he told me about like a shootout he had and how he got, you know, uh, crippled and different things. And as mm. he was telling me, I was just writing his story, but translating it, you know? And I remember I even had this line, like, um, I want, I got gold in my mouth, like, cause he had gold fronts. Oh. But he was like, he was a father too, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was like, got gold in my mouth, like Mansa Musa. But I want to be more of a role model like Monster used to. You know, mm. so, but I, I could tell you get the gist of it. So no, it was, I do. It was it was helping me. I was writing for myself and then I was connecting to other people, just having this gift to write to help people. And that's when my homie Mez, Mez, I grew up with him as a kid, and he called me up. He was like, Yo, I'm rocking with this crew called Monster Island Czars. Like, I wonder if you could like do some tracks with us, do some shows, something like that. And he sent me like the beat, which was kind of like the initiation. Shout out to Mecha Godzilla. Um, most people know Monster Island Zars. They know MF Doom, who's heavy on like the underground. Oh yeah, okay. So this was like his spinoff group, and um, he sent me one of these like MF Doom Monster Island beats, and I just went off for that because <laughs> luckily I had done, I had been back in that zone where I just loved writing again, right? So for me, it was no longer like, oh, can I write a good verse? It was just like. I love to write again. Like, this is what I do. This is just the universe giving me the opportunity. And I wrote that and they got it. They was like, you it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that, that's how a lot of opportunities have come. Um, whenever it gets too much, like I'm writing for some exterior thing, like down the road, mm. it, it kind of like, it doesn't flow as well. But whenever mm -hmm. I'm just writing and I'm taking every opportunity as like kind of divine, like, okay, the most high, like is presenting this to me because this is my gift. This is how I serve. And I get to serve in a way that I love to serve. Mm -hmm. The words just come to me, you know? And like, obviously the beat, like I might have something like I just said to you, which is like a slower 80, 90 beats per minute, something. I don't know. Like, I don't measure it like that, but I got like a, a feel for it. But then I got another track where I might say, um, like they give me like more of a trap drill. And I'll say, like one of my one of my homies was just in prison. He just got out actually. 
but oh, I had good. to release this this record while he was in prison. So like the record I did with Mez, we released ourselves right together. Mm -hmm. I turned down the deal with Def Jam. Like I told you, we released it to the, it went to the top of the independent hip hop charts, which is very dope, right? But this other record with my friend who was in prison, like he gave me the rest of his vocals like the day before he, oh, wow. he went in. So like the past probably five years, like I was putting together beats behind it and doing all this stuff and <laughs> put it out right before he got out. Um, But anyway, there's like a trap beat on it. And I was like, whether you in the prison when you listen or you win the world, you still within the system. The money you get in the bond spending could never add up to you paying attention. External motivation, high, never elevating higher than my inner vision. I pick up the phone for the homie in prison and call upon the creator to uplift him. That's when I heard a voice that called me from within say, listen, stop trying to be different from what I made you perfect in the spitting image of something greater than you picture. And magic is when you imagine the image in, the image within. Picture yourself in your mind, breaking out of all confines. Shine till your haters blind. So it's like, that's... Mm -hmm. That's what the beat was saying and the rhythm was saying and the relevance in the time was saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you 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 lock, you flow. You don't force it. It's the difference between forcing and flowing. Yeah, there is. No, there is. There's a right? difference. There's a difference. And you can feel it. You could feel it in the track. You could feel it in the song, too. You can even mm -hmm. feel it when you play it. Yeah, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You could feel it. Like you and you could you could tell when someone's going upstream. Like they struggling. Yeah. <laughs> they struggling to get that beat or what have you. Or just yeah, like, you, you not like they it. were supposed <laughs> to be doing that thing. Yeah, you you yeah, that that is definitely felt. Right. That is. So but like uh, you know, the thing that comes up because I do writers, writers block breaking workshops and stuff like that. Like I lecture in colleges on hip hop and stuff like that. And one thing that comes up a lot is like, do you write first or do you listen to the beat first? Or do you write and then get a beat? And it's like between you and I, like that's always an interesting question, right? Like hypothetically. Mm. But really, when you're like a, a like when you're doing this every day, it's it's a moot point. It's like saying you're about to draw a picture and, and someone's like, do you use a black pen or a blue pen? Mm. It's like, we could talk about that for hours, but like, it don't matter. I, I write, like, yeah. I really I really do like nice illustrations. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If it's a black pen or a blue pen, it's about to get lit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, no, that's true. I didn't think about it like that. That's that's true. Okay. It also like I I I probably come off a little obnoxious because like I I teach writers block and flow six so much. So some things I know, like let's be clear, public speaking, like stage fright, is like the number one fear aside from like jumping off a cliff, right? Like yeah, it's very scary when you don't do it. But confidence is. Like I say, like to say self-esteem is like having an opinion about yourself. Like I can do it. It's like faith. Have faith in me. Okay, I can have faith in you. But if you say trust me, I can't trust you. Yeah. Trust is compelled, right? That's I true. can tell you I trust you because I've seen you do these and things and I trust you. I know you got this. But if I haven't, I could say I have faith in you. I hope you pull this off, star. I, I know you're going to do it. But I can't say trust. And that's how confidence and esteem are. You can feel like you can do something. You can feel really good. There's people that ain't got no business 
thinking they could do something, but they do. Right? <laughs> and there's people who really, we do want to win and do things, but they don't have that esteem in themselves, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's that's where I got people back to confidence. Like that's basically what I did when I was at that point in my life, just writing a line and then it turned into two lines. Just doing something over and over again, that's mm. confidence. You can't you can't debate even the negative like imposter syndrome in yourself, even that part, when it looks back on you and goes, but you just did this two days in a row. You did this a week in a row. You did this three months. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's no. confidence. It's just doing the thing so many times. So I listened to your music. I did. Dedicated chapter. That's that's a banger. That is that's a that that is every that day dedicating my life to progress. Yeah, dedicated chapter platinum, and there was another one I liked too. I was like, I was like, this is heat. I was like, he dropping straight heat. What? Because no, I like no, no, no. I like the fact that you experimented with the beats because those were different. Like I honestly. I was a little confused in the beginning because I was like, that's different. I was like, I, I haven't seen somebody do that in a minute with those kind of beats because like it was just so different than that usual like rap. But I also like your flow because you have like that. You have a good bass in your voice where it's like you have the old school rap. Yeah. So it's like I was vibing with it and I was like, this gives me like Nas and like <laughs> J. Cole vibes and like... <laughs> Like, I was listening to it. So that's why, I honestly, like, this question came into my mind. Because I was like, I was like, who's your influence? Like, who influenced you to, like, rap this way? Because I, I like hearing, <laughs> like, different ways, like, people rap. Because I, I do it in boxes. Like, I have, like, the trap beaters, the Afro right. rappers, and then the right. lyricalists, and then the old school ones. Right, right, right. I actually have a track called Up and Down. Um, with Sam G that you gotta hear too. Shout out to all my people. <laughs> that, that it's like I got it's like from Rwanda to Cameroon, keep the camera on. I'ma zoom to the Amazon. Had to go away. I hadn't gone from my hood to Aino to Puya to Wakana for me too. Like that needs to be like I need to get sponsored by a travel company for that. You know <laughs> like it's every time I go outside the country, I record myself doing that that verse. But I love Afrobeats. Um, but shout out to my brother King Solomon, uh, Damian, Damian Curtis. His family's known in the New England areas, like you know, they they won Grammys. You know, the mm. Curtis brothers are like really serious jazz musicians and stuff. And so when you heard some of that jazz influence, what we did, like when you said dedicated chapter, that's chapter nine. Mm -hmm. There's 12 chapters, right? So the first chapters. And like, if you, if you look at the single art for that, it's all emotions. So it's like a clock, like 12 months, 12 uh, emotions, stuff like that. Um, but it starts like sad and depressed and confused. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was feeling. And then I was like, but then when it started off, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's, it's it real. Like it's, not, it's, it's not like what I kind of wanted to do. Um, to perform all the time, but it's what I, I wanted to show that like everyone goes through all these emotions and thoughts, right? So I'm glad you said chapter nine and I'm glad you listened, right? Because you could just listen to the beginning and be like, this is, this is depressing, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? But hopefully you follow the story and you get like, oh, you go through these things and you just appreciate life, right? Um, 
but it actually goes back to your first question about the writing process. So when we did that, I was in such a state of like perfectionism and procrastination. I hadn't put out anything since the record I did with Miz. You know what I mean? Okay. So the whole time, like he's been recording with like Jake, all these J. Cole albums and going platinum. I hadn't recorded anything. <laughs> you oh. know what I'm saying? Now I was still doing shows and everything. Like I'm recording for other people. I'm still doing it. But I hadn't like put out. And um, I go, I got to get something out. So I met with King Solomon. Here's what we did. In the morning, before we dropped off our kids or whatever, we both had kids and everything. Um, I go to his studio. Mm -hmm. We talk for 30 minutes about this chapter. What about this chapter when you're really confused and depressed and blah, 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 blah. Okay. He starts making a beat based on that conversation for 30 minutes. I start writing for 30 minutes. <laughs> so now this is an hour, 30 minutes. We spoke 30 minutes. We just jammed based on that combo. We leave, we go about our day. The next day we come back chapter two, let's talk about it. How about when you feel like you betrayed yourself and you've been let down, blah, blah, blah. We talk 30 minutes. I write, he does a beat. We do this the whole week, six days. Oh, wow. We take a day off, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's Saturday, Sunday, whatever. We come back, do the same thing for the next six days. Then we got seven through 12, take a day off. Then we come back. We go back to chapter one. Okay, so now this is the third week. We go back to chapter one. We go, oh, let me let me rework this verse. Let me edit yeah. it. Let me flip this beat up. Because we only had half an hour to make the verse in the Yeah, beat. that's true. Yeah, that's right? true. So we had two weeks to kind of like think about the fact that we'd have one more half an hour to work on it, right? We edit that track for 30 minutes. See you tomorrow. Next day we came back, chapter two, we edit that. So we literally had half an hour to write and produce each track and half an hour to edit and produce these tracks. And then we got it done. And that's how we beat perfectionism. And you're listening. And that's why some of those tracks, I don't even like them. Like some of <laughs> because one, like I didn't get to overly work on them and everything like that, but that wasn't the goal. But two, because they are like sad. Like I'm really talking about like when you feel this way, but I feel like it's a necessary thing that if someone's going through that phase, they can relate to that track because at the end of each track, I say like how I got out of that state. Mm. Like I'll say when I was really confused at the end, boom, like I got one, I think it's chapter four is provoked. And I'm like, who am I really though? I'm starting to question me, do a lot of things I wouldn't do, but for my enemies, blaming it on them. Cause they provoking me and getting me mad on second thought, is they making me or just letting me? And by the mm. end of the track, I'm talking about like those times where like you've been, you know, maybe chapter three is like you've been more passive and people are bothering you. And chapter four is like, I'm not letting nobody mess with me no more. And you get all aggressive and everything. <laughs> then you you start to need enemies in order to like be successful. And that needs to mm. be the fuel. And that's a very not sustainable, nasty way to live. Like when I was battle rapping all the time, that's how a lot of my friends at Battle Rap, like you're always thinking of insults for people. It's what I call an incentivized dysfunction. Like you're winning at something, but you're kind of losing some, something in your soul in order to win, you know? And that's actually a good point you brought this up because this leads to the next question we have is your whole thought on rap music. 
So as you know, like rap is more mainstream and very much more popular, especially now that we're adults. Um, mm. But there's also a lot of um, issues where there's the issue of like sampling, the constant need for dissing. Like, what do you think, like, what are your thoughts on, like, the mainstream rap music now? Do you think it makes it difficult for indie artists such as yourself to kind of propel themselves forward? Like, what do you think needs, and I'm asking you this, especially as someone who won the Obama's Champions of Change Award. Yes, I did research on you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you just follow the template that is making the most money and, like, like certain corporate interests, they want you to be as naive as possible and manipulatable as possible. So they're always looking for like the youngest person. And once you start to gain knowledge and have a family, like you're you're less cool, right? Mm, really true, yeah. They don't want to invest as much money in making you look cool because you're going to ask more questions. You might want more money out of what you do. You might you might be less easily manipulated. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, you can do things like get awards for doing programs like I, I got that award for working with inner city youth and police facilitating these conversations and even the police involved didn't know that I was going to get them involved in like doing a rap song like they thought some of them thought they was just there to like hang out with kids and say a positive message and I was like nah we're going to express and we're going to ask difficult questions like what what are you scared about the police like Police, are y'all perfect? Like, what's going on? You know, so using hip-hop, hip-hop opens... Because remember, like, in the 70s, before we was even born, like, when hip-hop first started, there was gang violence, and that was very much Mm. fomented by our government. Like, they had a benign neglect policy. They didn't send fire departments to our neighborhoods when buildings were burning. They flooded guns and drugs in. It was like a polite genocide they was trying to have. And that's where hip-hop came out of. Hip-hop came out of, like, okay... We're supposed to kill each other. We have no money, no resources. But instead of sex, drugs, violence, and money, we know that these are on the path to peace, love, unity, and safety, having fun, which is the principles of hip-hop. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I'll never be mad at what mainstream does because hip-hop was created because of mainstream. Like, that's what mainstream does. That's what corporate, not all corporate culture, but like, basically, if you look at the history of America, Mm. Our people was brought here as slaves. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that no, comes true, out of the dozens tradition. Like me being like mother, blah, blah, blah. we disempowered <laughs> to mentally make ourselves strong so that we don't take other people seriously. Now, mm. I feel like it is important for people like you and people like me to make sure we do have these podcasts and these lectures in between the entertainment to tell people. Because if you don't know this. And you just think it's cool to walk up and start dissing people and rapping and whatever, <laughs> then that's backwards, right? But if you're coming from a violent situation and you can express it through music instead of us killing each other, then you're mm. moving in the right direction. You're moving from just a base need to sex towards love. You're moving from a base need for oh money, money, money to unity. You start to realize, wait, why do I need money? Why do I want money? Oh, because I want to exchange with people. Right. What is this sex about? Oh, I want to be seen and loved and share share that with people. Right. So that's one thing I love about. Um, and I would never blame or criminalize anyone who's doing it because hip hop helps us realize that all of these things that we're seen as these are all human urges, you know, Ooh. towards uh, fighting and violence and sex, whatever. All these things like our government spends more money on violence than anything else. But we know the justification is that supposedly this is to create peace. 
right? No, it's true. It's true. What do you hope someone takes from when they listen to your music? Like that they're in a process of transmutation. Mm. So like wherever they are is where they're supposed to be in order to get where they want to be. Like, I want them to know they're loved, you know, like that when you turn on this particular rapper, I'm not trying to like steal your girlfriend or rob you or like, <laughs> tell you that I'm better than you. And, and to be clear, like, I'm not dissing anyone who does that because people say like they're not dissing people who do that just because they're scared and they're lying and they're passive aggressive. I'm literally saying that I'm not dissing anyone who does that because in my experience, people who are doing that have certain insecurities about themselves and they're trying to protect themselves. Like we said, even our government spends all this money on war in the justification of peace, right? No, it's true, yeah, and it's true. So that's what I feel hip hop says. Like anyone who's doing things on a base level is doing them for a lack of security of the higher peace, love, unity, right? I'm privileged that I've been able to see mm. the results of performing in different places, even other countries and my community and being valued where I can talk about, like it's almost like Maslow's hierarchy. Like I've been able yeah. to actuate myself through understanding culture and get B-girls and B-boys and DJs and like even people who aren't hip hop per se, like to express themselves and be community. But when you're listening to me, like there's someone who like, I'll curse you out in real life, but when you're listening to my music, I'm, I don't, I'm not here to curse at you. I'm not here to put you down. I'm not at a point in my life where I need to prove myself. Like I, I know who I am. I've accomplished like dreams that people on my block are proud of me. Like, wow, you, mm. you're alive. Like, so I say all that to say, that's why I'm not doing it. Right. Because my gift now is to be like, you are loved by someone who really loves themselves and receives love from other people and loves other people. I see the value in you. Like, even if I don't know you, like, even if you don't know it yet, you are going to love yourself. And my music should remind you that um, you you have something that's more valuable than money. Like, regardless of your record sales or your job sales or your corporate higher, the how far you climbed on the ladder like what y'all doing like two broke girls is so dope because it's like like breaking is that word break is the core of hip-hop culture like mm -hmm. you're put in an environment where they want you to curse at yourself those sign like we literally throw things when we're provoked. Like people break their phones. Phones is worth like maybe two thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the you know whole idea. Some of them get bad and throw their phone at the wall or like punch the wall. People hurt themselves, right? When you're provoked to break, we break ourselves. And what hip hop did was it showed us like even with these guns and this, and this crack and all this stuff, when we're provoked to break, you can break with your music, with your culture, with your dance. You could break in a way where we could tease each other and battle in a way where we're not actually killing each other. And mm. so like, when you say two broke girls, like it has a deeper meaning to me where it's like, I'm I'm confidently letting, you know, it's not about being the wealthiest or the treasure. It's not about how much 
much money I have, right? But it's like, I have a friend and we share a common interest. And so we can be broke, right? But we gonna break this way that we love, right? I know, I'm um, so glad you caught that. Cause like, so many <laughs> people were like, why you guys named it Two Broke Girls? I was like, there's a message, like, there's a message. <laughs> And that, and that was just my interpretation. So I didn't mean to like, you know, I'm sure you have a deeper story behind it, but. Oh, no, that, no, but I'm glad. That I kind of got it. Yeah, because that, that's okay, what it okay. is. Because some people were like, why are you guys two broke girls? Like, yeah. But it, yeah. it's actually interesting you say that because it, it jogs my memory of, um, of mm. J. Cole's song, Rich Niggas. From the mm -hmm. Born Singers album, where he like kind of talks about how, you know, like you're surrounded by all of this like kind of greed and like this need yeah. and stuff like that. It's it's an interesting it's <laughs> it's an interesting thought. It's it's very like thought provoking that you said that. That's such a dope album too. I know it, it is. It's a good. It, it's funny you bring up that album in this context too, because I think it is one of those albums that like. It's less of a commercial singles album, you know what yeah, I mean? It's more yeah. of like a story and like about really like just valuing someone just on a human level, like whether whether it's popular or not, same thing. Yeah, that 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 was you a know. tough tough album for people to swallow. I feel like because um, it's it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit deeper. Um, on our page last week, we mm -hmm. asked people about people's opinion on music being removed from TikTok, and you commented and you said, um, it depends on yeah. the artist and how it would impact them. So we kind of yeah. wanted to I'll, I'll, you know me with my wordplay. I was like, it depends on if they depend in the independent, depending, <laughs> dependent. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I like, it, it, you know, there's certain things that I'm confused. I'm real honest, like, if I, I'm a nerd to the point where, like, you know, they call me the hood nerd, like, I'll, <laughs> like you know, like, I'll, even if I kind of get something, I won't be like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? I'll be like, wait, but I don't understand this particular part of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that leads me to, like, when I do get something, I feel really confident, like, I do get it. And that's one of those questions where, like, I really feel clearly about that like this is uh taking your music off of tiktok like that's one of those things that if you're on a label mm. it's it makes sense but if you're not on a label and you're independent this is one of the greatest tools you have as an independent artist right now and um you got to be careful as an independent too because a lot of these things that like people do on behalf of artists and like tiktok's mm. not for artists and everything they really cater more to like corporate artists right mm -hmm. and like we already talked about how like rap and hip-hop and even black people in general are spoken of in popular media is a very stereotypical narrow-minded way that takes out a lot of our soul and our culture you know so at the end of the day whenever whenever labels do something you have to realize like traditionally labels put artists in debt Right. Like when I said at the beginning, I got this production deal and it was money, like not in advance. Mm -hmm. I said that because it's rare. Like most deals that labels mm -hmm. give are in advance and people don't necessarily realize that. But in advance is a large amount of money. 
like a million dollars, $500,000. It lets you do videos and do all these things or whatever, but it's a loan and you have to pay it back to the label. And then the label can like recoup that money out of your sales. So the, the model is made to perpetually keep artists like an indentured servant, right? And at the yeah. same time, you're, you're like, oh, this label gave me millions of dollars. So now your community and your followers are like, oh, show me wealth. Show me you got all this money, right? So you're trying to keep up with that. And you're going further and further in debt. And that's why traditionally artists do need to like do shows and sell merch and do all these other things because you can't, you have to pay off the debt to the label. So when the label says, I'm not, I'm taking the music off here, it's like, there's so many independent artists right now that because they own their masters, like if they get people to, if they got one viral reel, let's say we got one viral reel and like 10,000 people go to that. And like a thousand of those people go to Spotify or, or Tidal or whatever and actually follow you, right? Like, mm -hmm. because you own all of your masters and you're not just getting like 2%, like a lot of artists do on major labels. That's true. That's that's like, you're paying your mortgage that month or your bills, right? Like you might mm -hmm. be feeding your family. So I, I'm just wary of like a lot of self-righteous causes, you know? Like I've mm -hmm. been in a lot of protests. I've been involved with a lot of nonprofits to this day, you know, like, Shout out to all the nonprofits and, and people that really are doing things for a cause. But like when people just say like, I'm doing this because it's not for artists. It's like art itself is creativity. What's not for artists? Like hip hop itself was taking like an environment of crack and drugs. And, and therefore the people we're supposed to be addicts and drug users because that's what's our environment. And we come out being the greatest artists where corporate America wants to put hip hop and everything it does. So like a hip hop perspective is how can you use TikTok to benefit you? Right. Because mm. none of these things are for us. Like none of these things are for creative people or marginalized people. Like, you know what I mean? The system is made for you to fail. Let's be clear about that. No, it's like, true. TikTok, it is. It's true. None of these things are for us. But the question is, like, when we learn how to use them to help us, when we turn, like, when we flip that soul food, when we turn them table scraps into soul food, when we flip that Wizard of Oz into the Wiz with Michael Jackson and Donna Ross and believe yes. in yourself. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we do. So don't, like, put us in these situations. And then once we learn how to flip it, like a lot of creatives are now, be like, oh, yeah, take this away. It's not for them. Like, so what is for us? Mm. You get me? That's that's what they don't say. They're always like, don't do this. Don't do this. OK, so what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to have more diverse, di diversify your labels? Are you going to give more label tools to artists? Are you going to stop penalizing artists who aren't on majors and like playing artists who are majors more and inflating and using bots, like all these things. If you're not going to do that, then like, don't scream it. Like, say mm. it. Like, we we taking our artists off TikTok. It's not, okay, say it like that, but don't be like, TikTok is horrible because your whole system is horrible. You know what I mean? I know. And it's so a that's good my thing rant. You, yeah, it's a good thing you brought that up because especially... Even like I feel like that's hitting even mainstream artists now. Like you see them, like they have to, they have to do an advertisement with 
Walmart or with a gym or mm-hmm. have a skincare line or have a makeup line or have just have something on the side to pay for yeah. for the label Absolutely. For, for the distribution. So it's like so Absolutely. interesting that you bring this up because it's like it's such an important thing that I think a lot of people don't understand, especially when they do have the no, they don't of music. Or even like trying to be a musician, they think, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna get a contract and make all this money," and like they don't even really know what they're signing up for. You don't get so, a big loan. Yeah, like <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I, as you're saying this, I can't think of a major artist who doesn't have an endorsement of some kind of brand. Yeah, they all have endorsements now. All of them. Mm-hmm. All of them have endorsements. And, and- and going back, like, I'm not, this isn't an advertisement for TikTok. We could talk about any social media, right? But for someone who's not, like, majorly endorsed by a label or what have you, like, how do they get endorsements? By going as an influencer on these platforms. That's and the true. platform will be like, you know what? You can you can advertise our brand or you can be an affiliate for whatever. Like, that's how the mm-hmm. average person, and that's what these social media platforms are giving people an opportunity to do, you know? Yeah, and that and, was and never that's the what model. Made SoundCloud so hot because SoundCloud, you were mm. able to find these indie artists so easily. Like before, you use YouTube, but like YouTube did their whole weird thing. You couldn't do it anymore. So it's mm. just it's 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 interesting. That's like, a, that's a great example. And I found an artist named Ash on SoundCloud, which is like I never would have found her. Like you can just find artists that you would never have found you know, on these platforms. So like the model of the, the, the recording industry, like corporate was always like, we present you with this mysterious artist. It's more valuable than everybody. And you're like a mere human and this amazing artist. And then we like, they have these endorsements and they have these things to help them get out of debt. So like the idea that any average person can like work hard and really care about something and show that they're aligned with certain brands and products. Like that's kind of a threat. If you think about it, it's not even like something they don't want to promote. It actually is a threat to their model. Cause it's also like, there's so many things that are organic or don't have pesticides or like plastics in them. Like all this, all this information is out now that is, it's a conflict of interest if you're if you got a million billion dollar company right that's making money off plastics and all these things and then you have these know-it-all like self-righteous kids coming up on the internet like we don't want plastics we want organic <laughs> food you know what i mean and it's like they can talk and they have, have a voice and this company that pops up with an alternative like it might not be everybody right but mm-hmm. they have a significant number of thousands of people that can like keep this company going right yeah, they don't yeah. want to promote that, but that's what these social platforms let people do if we use them for that. Mm. You know, so I'm not I'm not advertising any of these social platforms, but I am just like a big fan of human ingenuity and like the legacy of people that I feel I come from, which is people that like found a way to to create in spite of the destruction around them. Mm. Um so can you create with TikTok and Instagram and, you know, yeah, you can. Anything that you can use, YouTube shorts, anything that you can use to create, like, do it, you know? Okay. 
See, that, that leads up to a good question. So for someone who is an independent, who wants to become an independent artist and they're just starting out, what kind of advice do you offer them? Um, what would you do every day for the rest of your life mm. is the first question. I mean, I have a whole 12-step process when I mentor, like, Instead of workshops or whatever, I have a process where I mentor specific adult artists. It don't have to mm -hmm. be rappers, like photographers. I've had soap makers take my program. But like that's that's one of the first steps. It's just like, what would you do every day? Mm. For two reasons. One, if you become like successful at doing something you don't like, that's your life doing something that's you don't true, like. Yeah. And you can't blame anybody else, right? Like, like you said, you guys have you have you girls have jobs right now, but not necessarily what you want to do, right? Mm, but yeah, regardless yeah. of who endorses your podcast, whatever, you're gonna do the you love talking about music, right? Yeah. So you're you are a case in point of what I'm saying. Like just look at two broke girls and you put it in your name. You're like, this is something we just love to do. Now, I guarantee you, I'm not even this isn't even optimism. I guarantee you, if you keep doing this on a regular basis, your podcast is going to make more money than your day job. Mm. If, right? And that's what happens. Most people don't do something they love that much that they're going to do it every day. Like, say you do your podcast every week, right? But mm. every day you take 10 minutes to post a clip of your podcast on TikTok. And then you take another day to post 10 minutes to post on YouTube on Thursday. And then Friday, you post it on X, Twitter, whatever, right? Like mm -hmm. you love this thing so much that in between your 24 and the other whatever hours of the day, you take 10 minutes out every day to do this thing. One, people are gonna be drawn to you because you love something. And people love watching people who love things, even mm -hmm. if it's not their thing. Like people don't like, like speaking of nonprofit organizations, right? I've I've seen people who work at organizations that like they're very condescending and patronizing, you know? You can have I someone know. I'm always surprised when they work at those places because it's just like you gotta be a good person to be here. What? And 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 it's like you know what I'm I'm gonna be homeless another day like I'm good like I'll just, I'll just starve like I don't want your help like you're it's I I need help but not from you like mm. we like to see people who love what they do do that thing and they be they're not doing it for me they're doing it because they do it and therefore I feel good when I'm working with them mm. you know what I'm saying. So off of that rent, that, that's like the first advice, like find what you love, because one, you'll do it and people will be attracted to it and love it. But two, because anything you do sucks eventually, like someone is going to hate on you and try to like destroy you because you do it just because, again, people are hurt and they're bitter about their own thing. And after a certain point in time, when they see you winning at something, they're like, wait, this isn't making sense because I stopped what I do or I can't do what I do. So I need to like prove that I can't do what I do by destroying this person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you love it that much, you will be able to stand up to those people mm. and eventually win them over and say, look, it's cool. I'm ugly. I'm broke. I'm stupid. I don't, I'm not cool. Like, yeah, all of that. 
I'm still doing this. And then they're like, damn. Like, I guess you're not that ugly or stupid or broke. Like, now that I think about it, I guess I was just kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it will suck, right? Like, whatever you're doing, especially independently, like, you're always going to have the stigma that you're not professional enough or good enough, you know what I mean? And um, I can tell you from, like, having gotten my props and battled and gotten a record big deal offer and stuff like that, like, I'm privileged in that sense. Like, I achieved that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like do friends and stuff like that. I've been in JD's studio. I've been, I've gotten to do some amazing things, but like those things are helpful for introducing me to people, mm. right? Like who don't know me, but after that five second introduction, you have to deal with me and very mm. quickly, you're going to see, am I the type of person who really looks like they love this thing or not? And ultimately, that's why I got those privileges, because I love this thing and I love people being reached through this thing, you know. Mm. So that's it. Like um, you got to you got to labels are helpful for setting deadlines. Like artists are always late for things and like not setting deadlines and procrastinating and getting caught and stuff like you have to set your own deadlines. You have to be consistent and you have to be courageously sharing your mistakes not yeah. just your value. Um, but that, like, I don't want to give a whole course on it, but I will say one more thing about it, which is that, like, there was a time, again, with the labels where they try to polish and perfect everything for people to make you idolize them. Yeah. And I think we're actually at a great time right now where people don't want to see that, and they, it's actually kind of, like, cringy for people to see that now. And they just yeah, want to see like, like um people. even with um oh my gosh, I'm such a music head, like with um Sony with Michael Jackson, like how they're pulling a lot of his music off of YouTube and TikTok and everyone's getting hit with all these copyrights, which is like so interesting because if Michael was here, <laughs> he would want everybody to listen to music. He wouldn't want everybody right. to hear the sound, he would want right. everybody to appreciate it. So it's it's yes. nice because now it's like flipped where people are realizing that a lot of these labels are very like predatory and like they're preying on these artists and treating them badly. They are. Yeah. 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 So you you get the benefit from them of like hand this in now or you don't get paid, right? Mm -hmm. But like I even said on that track, that number four track on my album, like to be fueled by that isn't the only way to be fueled. Like there's a point in your life where it helps to have like, oh, it's me against the world, right? But after a while, when you realize like the water, the air, the trees, like most of the world, most of our ancestors that have died and struggled are not against you. Like we're very privileged to be alive in this time. 99% of the problems in the world have been solved. Like most of the problems in the world are humans, ourselves doing dumb things to other humans. So it's like, like you have to actually when no one's stopping you and you're not fighting someone still be motivated to get up and release that content and share your art with the world and if it's that important to you and you can do it out of just loving doing that then you can you can do it independently mm. but if you always need to be fighting against somebody else or have someone tell you to do it like it's not going to work out because you do have to do this stuff like every day. Another thing is like when I was 
working for like a boss and like in, in the office and stuff, like no one likes to do timesheets, right? So everyone's like, oh, like I want to be independent and freelance. Like I do more timesheets than anyone who has a boss. And they're different. Like every timesheet I do is a different time. It has a different contract D on it, a different place. Like I'm going in different schools all the time. They're not called timesheets, but they're basically like a more, they're contracts. Every gig I do, I have a different contract. I do an invoice. W9s are easy. You could just do one W9 for the year and send it. But like, don't think that being independent is less work is my point. No, right? it's, it's true. Yeah. Cause a lot but of people, it's think the that. work that you love to do. Mm. And that's and that's true. So what what can we look from you? Do you have any new music coming out? You got any new singles? Or you just kind of taking your time to just kind yeah, of like mentor I mean, I, do I would, workshops? I would love everybody to follow me on that TikTok, follow me on the Instagram, follow me on the Spotify, follow me on the title, which here's a gem for artists. Title right now is paying like five times what Spotify is paying. Mm. So like a lot of my payments, like I, I might have less plays from Tidal, but I get paid more from them. And shout oh, okay. out to Jay-Z and all the artists. That's another example of like artists, not just like, you know, artists actually having input into a label. And and that, that, that stuff changes. Like Spotify might pay more than Tidal next month or whatever. But I would just say like, follow me on all these things where, you know, I appreciate every stream. A lot of people are in this thing of like, like we said about TikTok, same thing about Spotify and a lot of things like, oh, they're only paying me 0.001 cents, blah, blah. Look, I'm independent. I do this for a living. Like I'm trying to retire my wife and like have financial security. Like I appreciate every little stream. It makes a difference for me. Um, and like, yeah, I'm still out there. You can book me. Like I do collaborations with people too. I got a dope collaboration with some African MCs um, track. I just put out called Kajiti Chetu, which means our village. And I got some MCs from Tanzania on there. I got some MCs from Mombasa, Kenya on there. But um, like the main thing you could do is just like play my music on these platforms because as an independent artist, if there's enough people who are just listening to my music, like putting it in a playlist, it actually makes a difference because I own 100% of that penny or whatever. Whereas like a lot of major labels own like 1% of that million or that that $10 or whatever. Like, um, I don't, I don't know. I, th I feel like I'm saying too much because I'm just trying to say basically like, Listen to my music and let me know, like, this song sucks or, like, I like this song. Let me know if, like, you're getting a message from my song and if it's valuable because that lets me know I'm doing something that matters. Okay. All right. And so it's Rap Poet. That's all my stuff. R-A-P-O-E-T. Rap Poet. Yes, Rap Poet. So I, I feel like I had a vulnerable moment right there. <laughs> I mean, it was, but we were chatting, we were talking about music, things we're passionate about, so that's what matters. But we are twenty. I got to be, today is 2 20, 20 24, right? Yeah. So, like, next year on 2 20, 20 25, I got to have, like, since I'm your first, I'm your inaugural interview, I got to come back here 
because I already feel like, okay, you know more about me than like 90% <laughs> of the world. And like, I'm very like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I mean, this, yeah, no, for real, you can come back. <laughs> this is like, I want to recommend any artists watching this, make sure you get an interview with Two Broke Girls because it's also like a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> You're very good at like making people feel comfortable and like you get it. You get what this about. I appreciate that. And I thank you for sharing your stories about like you. Welcome back, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview from Rap Poet. You can follow him at Rap Poet. He is available on Spotify and Apple Music. He also does workshop lessons. You can learn to make music from him. You can learn to appreciate music from him and we are so thankful and grateful that he appeared on the show with us today so now we're going to head into our new song slash album of the episodes so first off we're going to start off with the banger obviously <laughs> released a surprising new song called saturn and it was amazing it was good yeah it was really good it was really good she's literally on a roll i hope she keeps this going like jesus it was so good. Grammy winner Little Dirk releases Old Days, and it's a good song. And I love this change in Little Dirk. I'm so glad that he is has grown just from his introduction stage, and he's just improving. And I and I love this new wave of just hip hop in general, where they're kind of talking about the negativity of street culture and the trauma that really like comes with it. Um, you see that a lot with. Roddy Rich's music, I remember, where he featured with Kodak Black. Like, it's just kind of nice to just kind of see this new wave. And this is definitely a really good song. I highly recommend it for people who also don't even listen to hip-hop or rap music. Um, I definitely so, gotta check it out. Yep. Someone we haven't seen from a while, French Montana released his mixtape Mac and Cheese 5. So I listened to the mixtape. It has nothing to do with mac and cheese. <laughs> it definitely feels like more of a reflection of his life within the Bronx. And it's actually really good. It's a really good album. He features Little Baby on there, Rick Ross, Meek Mill. Um, Drake was supposed to be on there. I guess he'll be on the deluxe. And it's, it's, it's a pretty good album. I say it's really good. Kid Cudi released nitro mega version of his new album insano which is very nice it's great to see kid cuddy again i'm glad his mental health has just kind of like improved and hopefully he tours i know he doesn't like the tour but i hope that he does another album that came out is big boogie releases red drum wizards album and i listened to it a little bit there are some pretty good songs on there Highly recommend that if you're interested. Okay. Two I feel like I've heard that one. Huh? Red, Red Drum? I feel like that comes on in a, at my work playlist a lot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's 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 not bad. It's it's not bad. He it's it's not bad. It's it's different, but it's not bad. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Shakira's bio record is now available for pre-order, so you can get it in emerald, gold, purple, and even more colors available on her website. I actually kind of like the green one for the vinyl. I thought that was really cool. So that is available and out. And someone else who's been on tour for a while, Justin Timberlake, released a new song called Drown. 
and it was good. He channeled in his old Justin Timberlake for that song. It was really, <laughs> it wasn't cheesy. It was a really good song. Normally, good. I like to see him returning. Yes, I know, but it's eh, it was good. It was good in my opinion. It was good. I thought it was a good song. It hit me right in here. Normani <laughs> is finally released the name of her album after five years called Dopamine. So it's going to be very exciting to kind of see this come out. I know it's been in the works for a long time. Normani's been in the game for a while. So it's kind of nice to finally see her introduction album go out. I mean, obviously, it's probably had been reworked, revised so many times. So it's just exciting to see. Machine Gun Kelly released a new song and it's called Don't Let Me Go. And it was good. Like, I'm so surprised by how good the song was. Yeah, actually, I heard it th- um, this morning and I was like, oh. Yeah, it doesn't bad. sound like a Machine Gun Kelly song. Yeah, it really. Like, I only heard it very briefly, but I liked what I did here. It was pretty good. It was. It was pretty good. And new Afrobeat artist, Simi, released her first ever debut single called All I Want, which is a really good song. I recommend you to check it out. It's available on Apple Music and Spotify. And another new hit single, Sarini, has released a new single come out called Rich Tivities. So it's about, you know, being rich and doing rich activities. So go check it out. It's a fun song to listen to. And what everyone has been waiting for for a very long time, but she was super busy. Mm-hmm. She had two kids, runs two brands, and this man is so obsessed with her that he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and- ASAP Rocky has confirmed that Rihanna is making new music. It's super exciting to kind of hear, especially since the fact that she's a mom now. So it kind of makes me wonder if she's going to do something like Beyonce did with her four albums, where she kind of talks about, like, takes you on that story. So I'm kind of interested to really see how this goes. And due to ASAP Rocky confirming that Rihanna is making new music, it has boosted up Rihanna's streams on Spotify to over a move on each of her songs. So it's just super crazy. It's interesting. And she just recently celebrated her birthday. She's now 36 years old. So it's just great to kind of see her just thriving and just growing. In other new releases, Selena Gomez came out with Love On, her second single of this era. Personally, I don't like it. Um, I also don't like single soon. It stinks because I like Selena. I usually like her music. I love her in Only Murders in the Building. Mm. But the songs that she's put out, I don't know. It just... That's so interesting because like, I liked Love On, but I did not like Single Soon. Single Soon's not good. I'm so yeah, sorry to any Single Soon it, fans. It's like a yes and kind of mm-hmm. thing like it's not it's you're not. all tricking yourselves into thinking it's good yeah like <laughs> but love on i thought was a super fun song i'm i'm kind of glad it wasn't about her ex yeah i'm kind of. i am too it seems to sort of maybe be about benny 
That's what it feels like. And it, it seems like in the music video, she has a lot of fun, so. Yeah, no, I, I want to mention this. I don't like the song itself. I thought the music video was fun. Yeah, the music video is so much fun, and you can feel the love she kind of has. And, like, that's nice. I'm glad that Benny Blanco gives her that much joy. I am too, actually. Um, in other news, so on record day, which is going to be April 20th this year, Noah Khan and Olivia Rodrigo are going to be releasing a double-sided single. So this was back in September at the BBC Live Lounge. Olivia Rodrigo sang a cover of Stick Season, which was so good, actually. Honestly, it was really good. I like how she did it. And Noah Khan really liked it, too. And so then he went on, I think, at least a week later. He wasn't on much longer after her to the BBC Live Lounge. And he did Lacey from Guts. I personally, personally, feel like he could have done any other song. Yeah, um, why didn't he do Vampire or All American Vamp- Bitch? Or- All American Bitch, not even them. I think, like, he could have done, like, Making the Bed or... Or, um, or even Bad Idea. Bad Idea, right? The Grudge. Lacey's a weird song to cover. Because you've heard Lacey, right? Yeah. It's a weird song to me to cover. I don't know. It's a weird song to me for like anyone to really kind of cover. I don't know how to explain it. But like, I'm probably going to get this record for Olivia's cover of Stick Season. More than um, more than Noah's cover of Lacey, because I don't know. It's just it's not really my thing. In other news, Liam Payne has a single coming out March first. Oh, exciting! Um, yes, the name of it escapes me at the moment, but he did release the cover art for it. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I feel like of all the One Direction guys, I feel like he's probably the one I hear about the least. Yeah, like, and he actually makes really good songs. Um, didn't he do the song with um, Quavo? Yes, he did. So it's kind of nice to see him do other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I cannot think of the name of it at the moment. But I will listen March 1st when it comes out, and I will talk about it March 1st when it comes out, and I remember the name of it. In other upcoming music news, Billy has announced that her album is now mastered. So Billie Eilish 3 is coming soon, and I am so excited. I am so thrilled. Billie Eilish, they will never make me hate you. <laughs> um, no, I'm really excited for Billie Eilish 3, uh, whatever she calls it. Um, actually, I was listening to some Phineas on my way to work today. Mm-hmm. I really like Phineas, too. I hope he goes back to releasing music, too, soon. Oh my god, um, kidding, I Lost a Friend is like... So- it's so good. It's so good. Or All the Children Are Dying is a really yes. good song too. Oh. Like, he's, I feel like he's not quite as good as Billy, I don't think. But he's really good in his own right, and I feel like he's very, like, underappreciated for that. Like, that he is pretty good. He is. He just needs one like banger. Yeah, he needs one really good banger. And he's set. He's golden. Yeah. Um. So I hope he comes out with something soon. But I'm sure he's been working on 
this with Billy. So, um, today in new music, actually, no, hold on. Let me, I'll do that in a second. Let me, in more upcoming music, uh, Taylor Swift has announced another variant to Tragic Poets Department. Um, with another bonus song, I believe it was called like Albatross or something yes. like that. Um, which is exciting, which is fun. Uh, I don't know. I think it's still the title of this album. I just can't get excited. For I'm it. so here's my fear now. Mm-hmm. She has released all of these pre-ordered records. It, yes. It gives me the fear that this is not going to be a good album. Yeah, kind of like how Midnight had a bunch of variations. Because usually I feel like when artists do all this mixing and re- it's like the Yes and, like Yes and has 12,000 remixes. <laughs> but it's still a bad song. Yeah, there's no saving it. Yeah, so it just kind of makes me worried with this. I mean, granted, it's Taylor Swift, so if she has a bad record, it's like, it's not really going to do anything to her. No. But, and honestly, a, a bad Taylor Swift record, how bad is it really going to be? Yeah, it will probably just be like, oh, there's probably like 10 songs, four of them are skippable. Exactly. But like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not getting excited. I don't know. I'm not excited for it. Yeah, I'm not um, excited. The advertisement for it is weird. I don't know. We'll see, though. Who knows? Maybe when it comes out, we'll both be singing a different tune. Um, In music released today, Me Before You by The Bleachers came out today for their upcoming album called Bleachers. Um, It's fine. It's nothing that special. I listened to a little bit of it today. Um, uh, Linkin Park Friendly Fire also came out today for, like, their upcoming, like, Best Of album, which I believe is, like, their first ever best of album mm-hmm. and it's an unreleased song that they did when Chester Bennington was still alive because as you all probably know he unfortunately committed suicide back in 2017 um but so this is an unreleased song featuring him and I listened to it and it's actually really good I keep meaning to text one of my best friends about it she loves Linkin Park and I think this would make her very happy um, yeah, listen I listened to the song and I loved it. It, it was, was so good. Get Off My Phone by The Driver Era also came out today. I kind of like recently just started listening to The Driver Era, which if you don't know, it's Ross Lynch and Rocky Lynch, I believe. Um, and they're they're really good. And the song's really good. Mm. Um, so that was fun. And then I actually wound up like finding this by accident on Spotify. Run Back to You by Lei and Lau, which Lau, we all know, um, I like me and Betty went on with you, all those songs. I don't know who Lei, L-A-Y is, um, but I listened to that today and that wasn't too bad. Okay, so I have to check that out because I, I, I like Lau. I do too, some... that's why I yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, what is this? I didn't know Lau had something new out. Um, it's pretty good, actually. So, some fun new music out today. Some fun stuff to look forward to. And also, some fun stuff to look forward to are some upcoming tours. 
Yes, as you guys know, winter is leaving, spring is coming, and summer will soon be here. So that means it is tour season. So there are cool tours coming up. So the alternative band Citizen Soldiers will be going on tour and will be in New York, New York on May 5th. So they're an alternative rock band. They're super cool. You should listen to them. So they will be in New York City. Rapper NF will bring his Hope Tour to Connecticut. He will bring it to Uncasville, Connecticut on May 5th. So that's super exciting to kind of see that he will be in CT. Drake and Little Dirk will be in Belmont Park, Long Island on March 28th and March 29th. Offset, Skilla Baby, Sleaza World Girl will be at the Palladium Times Square at New York City. So that is super exciting. Offset will be going on tour, so you'll be able to kind of see him there. Do we know when that's going to be? That is supposed to be starting up soon, so there's not actually a legit date for it yet. Oh, okay. Well, that's exciting, so we'll keep our eyes open for it. And when we know, we'll put it on our Instagram story. Yeah. Indie rapper Futuristic will be in Hartford, Connecticut, April 12th, and he'll be at New York April 29th. So that is super exciting to also see, too, to support our indie artists. Uh, in some other concert news, the Foo Fighters will be at City Field on July 17th and July 19th. I might look into getting that That's for my brother so for a birthday present. I haven't heard from the Foo Fighters in so long. I know. I'm, I honestly might get uh, my brother some tickets to that. Um, if he's listening to this, no, I will not. <laughs> um, uh, Green Day will also be at City Field on August 5th. The Rolling Stones will be at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey on May 23rd and May 26th. Luke Combs will also be at MetLife on July 19th and July 20th. I will be there one of those days. I forget which one, but I will be there. So if you see me, come say hi. I know exactly one Luke Combs song, and it's Fast Car. Um, So I'll just be sitting there waiting for it the whole time. Stevie Nicks will be in Albany on June 12th. Alanis Morissette with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, which is pretty cool, will be in Camden, New Jersey, on Homedale, New Jersey, on July 2nd and July 3rd, respectively. Mm. Uh, Bethel, New York, on July 5th. And Hartford, Connecticut, on July 6th. Ooh. And the Bleachers will be at Asbury Park in New Jersey on June 15th which is their only tri-state area show for this upcoming tour, which is kind of surprising. Um, So if you're a big Blue Jays fan, I would really try to see when this goes on sale, if it hasn't already, and get those tickets, because I couldn't find any other dates, personally, in the tri-state area. So good luck. That is so surprising, but I'm glad that they're having a huge success. Yeah, same. And with that, that is all I have for concert tours. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in for the third episode of Two Broke Music Girls. We will be back next episode to our normal programming. We are super excited, and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Brandy J. And I'm Casey Lynn. And this is Two Broke Music Girls. Thank you. Bye.